Welcome to Left Foot. We invite fresh conversation on business development. Now here's your host, Nicole Giantonio. Hello, listeners, and welcome to Left Foot. Today, our guest is Basha Rubin, the CEO and co-founder of Priori Legal. Welcome, Basha. Thanks so much for having me, Nicole. Priori Legal is a curated legal marketplace. They make finding, hiring, and working with a lawyer efficient, transparent, and cost-effective. Basha holds a JD from Yale Law School, is a member of the New York Bar, and writes extensively on how technology is changing the market for legal services. Basha, I've given our listeners some insight into your role and background. Can you expand on what I've said and give us a glimpse into who you are personally? Absolutely. So after I graduated from Yale Law School in 2010, I co-founded Priori Legal with a classmate of mine, um, Mira Levitt. We've been, we've been now live for about three years, and it's really been an exciting journey to be on the forefront of how technology is changing legal services, uh, which we think will be you know fairly fairly wholesale in the next five to 10 years. Excellent. So Basha, how did you come up with the idea for Priori Legal? Yeah. So when Mira and I were in law school together, we both saw all sorts of impediments to businesses finding and working with lawyers in an efficient manner, as you said. And we thought that a marketplace solution would be a a neat way to, um, to, to help businesses, uh, be able to identify high quality lawyers, understand the what what sort of pricing is is correct, um, and really have a transparent idea of what they're purchasing, and that technology could make managing that relationship easier. Um, so ultimately, you know, I, I think that that marketplaces will replace law firms, at least in the sort of the middle of the market, where most the ninety percent of the market, where um, most businesses are seeking legal services. So interesting. So would you say that the transparency and the technology is really the difference for the client side of the equation a priori? You know, I think it's, it's a lot of different things. So to begin with, we vet our lawyers really seriously. So we do a lot of the legwork that ordinarily businesses are doing for themselves. And we do it with the benefit of quite a lot of experience talking to lawyers. So we um, have an online application with certain mandatory minimum requirements, do a face-to-face interview with lawyers, and then do reference checks. So when a client comes to Priori, some of the value that they're getting derives from the fact that every single lawyer has already been vetted by people who are experts at vetting lawyers. Next is sort of just being able to find those lawyers quickly and efficiently. So ordinarily, if you did a lawyer do a patent, a biotechnology patent, you would email everyone you know, and then you would get some recommendations back, and then you would send some emails, and then you know it would turn out that half of those people don't have biotechnology experience, and sort of, and on and on and on and on. With us, you just come, you tell us what you need, and you get five pre-vetted biotech lawyers. You can schedule a call with these patent lawyers through the site. By tomorrow, you, can, you will have talked to a couple of people and been able to make a decision. So it just makes the whole process a lot more expedient, um, and then obviously sort of the technology around the billing tools and stuff like that is, is another benefit. Excellent. So it's interesting because I, I do appreciate technology and how it's made our lives you know, so much more efficient and provides flexibility. You know, What are the benefits for the lawyers that are part of Priori uh, specific to this model and, and how they would be selected by clients? 
Well, you know, I, I think it's several fold. One is for lawyers, it's simply a business acquisition channel. They get clients in our platform. Unlike some others, there's no bidding involved. It's not lawyers having to come in and troll through sort of dozens of different projects to decide which one they do. They just get a ping saying that they have a new client who's interested. And then that new client is specifically tailored to them and their practice. So it's not someone reaching out um, for something that they don't do because we have such an intimate understanding of our lawyers' practices. And then finally, um, we handle the billing, invoicing, and collections, which especially for um, small firms uh, is a really, really big boon. So what are you hearing? Three years is you know, a significant amount of time to be in this space. What are you hearing from your clients as far as you know, what do they value most about the services that they get through Priori? You know, I would say it's, it's the quality of lawyers and the expedience of finding the lawyers. Most of our clients have used us multiple times. Um, and they just, I think they really find both the quality of the lawyers they're finding on the platform and the ease of finding lawyers for new needs to really, you know, be a, be a value add. Our, our average client has used us four times or so. Um, so we, we were seeing a lot of loyalty from our users, a lot of referrals from existing users. So it's been, it's been really exciting. So how have you grown? Have you grown primarily through networking where the lawyers and the clients are talking about your services uh, through uh, e-marketing or social media and PR, what has been the, the mechanism that you've been able to grow your business, especially now that you're in multiple markets? You know, there's, there's an, I think there's an old um, saying that I've heard from, from business people that says, uh, you know, I know 50% of my marketing budget is going to great use. I just don't know which 50%. Um, so I think it's, it's a combination. We've done all of those different things. We get referrals from existing clients, social media, PR, um, you know, content marketing, all of those different things. And I don't know that I could say there's, there's one thing that's really the, the secret sauce. It's the combination, the confluence of all of them. From a lawyer's, you know, in, in attracting lawyers to Priori has, you know, the same kind of response or is there a particular group of lawyers that seem to be gravitating towards the Priori model? Our early adopters tended to be very interested in sort of technology and change in the legal profession. But as we've been able to get more traction, you know, I, I couldn't say there's sort of one type of lawyer who's been more attracted to it. Um, I think everyone is attracted to to getting more business. So is there, I know you talk about on, on your site, you talk about matchmaking uh, between the needs of the clients and you know the lawyers that you have in your network. Is there a tool that you use for that or is it primarily search-based culling of, of the team of lawyers that you know outside of a basic search, it's really you know, what the client is reading about the particular lawyer and then, you know, making a decision to contact them? Well, so there are two phases to it. And so we select the lawyers based on objective criteria, but to a very granular level of, you know, what industry is the client in? What exactly do they need? What have similarly situated clients needed prospectively? Um, and those sorts of factors. And we identify the lawyers on the basis of that. And then they get to view five profiles. And because profiles are so closely tailored to the client's needs, they're simply able to focus on the differences. And then I wish I knew um, what factors clients were using to select their lawyers. I, I've heard disturbingly a few times that it is the photo that, um, <laughs> that attracts them the most. You know, then the client's making the decision on the basis of, you know, whatever you know, whatever they think. 
So most of your clients are small businesses, startups, emerging growth companies. You know, what has made the Prairie model most appealing to that group? You know, hopefully outside of the fact that they like how the lawyers look in their picture. (laughs) You know, I think that a younger generation of entrepreneurs is accustomed to finding all services online. So especially, you know, we work actually with a whole range of businesses now, um, you know, up to very established businesses, but especially at first, the sort of early adopters of our service were startups and entrepreneurs. And in large part, I think that's because it's, you know, people who are used to finding all sorts of services and products online. um, And there was no reason that law should behave any differently than other sorts of markets. You know, it's it's very interesting, and I would imagine as you're expanding uh, into different markets and into different industries, that you're you're seeing possibly a need for to gather different lawyers into your network. Has has that been a factor that you know because you've now expanded outside of Metro New York that you're really looking for maybe more intellectual property lawyers? Has that been the case? We've been very attentive to building a broad network. We want almost any business to be able to come to us and we want to be able to service as close to 100% of their legal needs as we can get. So when we're building out our network and when we're building out our network in new markets, we're thinking about sort of filling out a suite of different types of practice areas. And we're always we're always expanding um, in that way. We, we need to be both broad and deep in order to be uh, you know successful. Basha, you and I spoke about this in some of our prep calls. We talked about really the, you know, there's only, obviously, you want your lawyers to be adhering to uh, legal advice or providing legal advice based on their comfort level, right, and their perspective and, and their practice specialty. But when it comes to servicing your clients, have you created, you know, minimum standards for servicing clients around the customer service perspective of the work your lawyers are doing? Absolutely. We have an attorney code of conduct um, that relates to response time, communication, and all of those different things. The most frequent complaints about lawyers to the bar are, are related to responsiveness, like my lawyer didn't get back to me. And so we need to make sure that all of our lawyers are adhering to those standards. We do require, um, not only do we have a code of conduct, we also require a 95% approval rating from priori clients. And, um, you know, if, if they don't maintain that, we do remove lawyers from the network. So, you know, we, we definitely think that it's not only about the quality of the legal work, but how those legal services are delivered. As I've mentioned to you earlier, you know, we've done 50 interviews for Left Foot, and very often we hear responsiveness as one of the things that lawyers are doing to, to not only get clients, but retain them. So there, there's got to be some kind of there's some epidemic out there of lawyers who are not being responsive to clients. <laughs> I mean, I've heard one of my lawyers I interviewed said they got a client because they didn't hear back from contracted counsel, you know, for over a week. It's shocking to me. We hear that all the time. Um, and we, we have also gotten many clients because uh, their counsel did not get back to them. And, you know, from 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 our perspective, you know, uh, law is a customer service business like any other, and you know, and lawyers just don't see themselves in that role sometimes, and don't understand that they need to, you know, maintain the same business standards as any other service provider. 
Although we all get busy, it's, you can always send a note saying, I'm working on your item or I'll, I'll be back to you on Friday. It's on my list or, you know, we're, we're working towards conclusion, something like that. But, you know, that kind of responsiveness takes so little time. I, I completely agree. So you've had the opportunity now to grow your business. You're in different markets. You know, what's next for Priori? Are you going to enter new markets, expand in the markets that you're in and, and really work to get more of a footprint? You know, what's the next step? All of the above. Uh, we will uh, be launching a few more markets in 2016. We are going to be also marketing hard to our existing markets, as well as building out more um, more tools for lawyers and clients to work effectively through our site. So, you know, we're both getting broader, getting deeper, and expanding technology. Fantastic. So, one of the things that I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs about is providing some free service. And I know Priori has a number of documents on your site that uh, clients and potential clients can look at, use, download, and then they have access to the lawyers that actually created those documents. Has that been a, a great tool to attract clients? And do you have any sense, either statistics or, or counts, on how many of the clients that have downloaded those free tools have turned into paying Priori clients? You know, I, I don't have a statistic on that, but we anecdotally we do see you know a lot of client a lot of people who download those documents and wanting to talk to the lawyer to customize it. So it has been a really sort of neat entry point to the priori service for sure. And we will be rolling out more of those coming soon as well. Fantastic. And you know the yeah, I you know I've talked to uh, other folks who have done work like that, and I guess you know have you had any concern that those documents might not be used properly? Are you feeling comfortable that you've, you know, pretty much uh, provided, you know, the, the kinds of caveats that, you know, can make you comfortable having those types of documents on your site? Yeah, you know, we, we do, we certainly provide um, many, many caveats. Um, and we also, we have also taken sort of annotating those documents very seriously. And part of that has been exactly to illustrate that these documents can't be downloaded and just used uh, without sort of having a lawyer. And but we think that in part is, you know, an aspect of our educational mission. Here's so many lawyers talk so negatively about legal zoom, you know, but th that's exactly why we wanted um, a real lawyer to be annotating these documents sort of making comments about how we think about different provisions. Because um, I don't think you're going to be able to stop entrepreneurs from wanting, you know, it, I think it makes that almost, it makes entrepreneurs not only, they don't only think it's cheaper, but it also makes them feel more comfortable to have something that they're engaging with. And so it's just a good entry point to um, the conversation. Yeah, absolutely great. Absolutely great. So Basha, as you know, Leftfoot is focused on business development and innovation and legal practices. And we, you know, I really look at the Prairie model as one that's innovative. Do you think the Prairie model is innovative? What is that really innovative component that you're bringing to the market? The organization of the legal market is going to look really different in a few years. And 
hopefully priorities at the vanguard of that. You know, I, I think the, the old sort of hierarchical vertical firm structure is not going to work and that the wrapper, the organizing form of um, how lawyers practice is going to change. And we think it's going to be a lean technology driven marketplace. Fantastic. And I and I have to agree with you. We look at how our lives have changed because, you know, especially in how we purchase services and goods today. I mean, and so much of it is, quote unquote, self-serve and, and, and also you know, just becoming more and more convenient, just, just more and more convenient. That said is, you know, you graduate from law school, you come out, you start this business, and you've had to go out and, and market this business. You know, any advice you'd give to uh, either other lawyers who are hanging out a webpage trying to, you know, establish their own practice or, or other lawyers that are, that are part of an established practice, you know, any advice you'd give them specific to business development? You know, you know, I, 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 most of the lawyers that we work with still say that their referrals come from existing clients and from other lawyers. And that sort of, it dovetails with something that I think is really important, which is just having a community of your peers that you can, you know, in, enjoy the highs with, talk about the lows with, and really get advice, build off each other and refer and ultimately refer clients to each other as well. So keeping up that networking and and really those relationships yeah but i i do think that um people like network like too superficially um a lot of the lawyers we've seen who are the most successful have like small networking groups that they see on a regular basis and they really become friends and peers in a way that you know isn't true if you go to 30 cocktail parties a month right so more more di- more direct networking or more prescriptive or you know, a lot of times I like to say, you know, it's not, you know, it's not social networking, right? It's business networking. So your, you know, your goal at these meetings is to, to really talk about business. So you, you have a lot of energy and uh, it comes across. And so what do you enjoy most about your work with, with Priori or at Priori? Oh, I enjoy all of it. I couldn't possibly pick. I've put together a fantastic team of people. And so, you know, I think I would say I enjoy the most coming to work every day and getting to uh, work with people who inspire me and who are all sort of rowing in the same direction for to, to make this vision come, come to bear. Excellent. So anything else you'd like to share with our listeners about your journey or about business development in general? You know, I, I think uh, keep at it is my best advice, it, um, which is sort of boring advice. But, you know, I personally found that Sometimes you just have to run as hard as possible and you don't feel like you're making any progress, but then you have a breakthrough. So I, it's, it's all about tenacity. I have to agree with you. Basha, thank you. It's been a pleasure having you as a guest on Left Foot. Thank you so much for having me, Nicole. I really appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of Left Foot. Be sure to visit www.leftfoot.net to access show notes, sign up for our weekday series, and embrace what it means to lead with the left foot.